live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of The Big Show. I'm Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And today we're going to have a whole lot of fun, Emily, because we're going to talk a little bit more than we ever have before about weird dating stories where, you know, typically people think they're the only one it's ever happened to. What we're going to do today is we're going to kind of drop the hammer on some of these stories, let the fur fly, uh... (laughs) It'll probably leave some people slack-jawed, the examples we talk about. But what you're also going to figure out if you're listening to this podcast is, hey, you know what? Maybe you're not the only one who's ever had a dating disaster or at least something really strange happen on a date, right? I think we've all experienced it. I know my philosophy when I was dating is if I go on a date and it goes bad, which I didn't have a lot of, um, at least it was a story to tell. It was something to enjoy in that regard. Well, if you never had a whole lot of bad dates, man, you have a very well-developed, well-defined, and, well, fine-tuned picker, don't you? Well, yes, but hey, what's the joy in life if you don't have a bad date? Well, you know, that's the way I used to look at online dating, is it was kind of like an extreme sport, right? I could see the pictures, I could see the profiles. You know, we're going back 20 years here before people could really manipulate everything the way they can today with AI and so forth. And I didn't know whether this person was going to look better than their pictures, completely differently than their pictures, or be a completely different person than they were from their pictures. And it made it kind of exciting to see how it was going to go in real life. You know what I mean? Well, I can imagine. You're wondering if this person's going to be real and look exactly as she or he looks. I had one person tell me that he was on a date, or he was supposed to meet this woman for a date, and the pictures are beautiful, and... He was expecting one thing, and when she showed up, it was not her. Oh, that has happened to everybody, especially back in the old days. Or you know what? Even today, because you can manipulate your pictures and put so many filters on them and even have AI draw you completely differently yet based on your photo, it is the Wild West out there. So I would think anybody listening to this podcast has had that happen to them if they've been out there dating. Well, yes. And, you know... There's some temptation, too, I think, to want to f- make our pictures look better than than what they really are. And the danger to that is I think most of us can handle looking at reality, and we'd rather have the real thing than to be disappointed. It's always better to under-promise and over-deliver than to present something that is better than when they see it, they're disappointed. Yeah, and, you know, getting down to our topic here, I'm not at all surprised that the first thing that comes up in a podcast like this is talking about how people misrepresent themselves or don't show up as who we thought they were going to be in an online dating scenario specifically, right? Exactly. And that can end poorly because the gentleman I was talking about, as soon as he saw her, turned around and walked away because it was so extreme. Oh, man. And that's devastating to her. I, I felt for her. I'm like, that's just heartbreaking. How did you see this go on? I didn't. He told me about it. Oh, this is the infamous, we're going to go out on a first date. I'm going to tell you all my horror stories instead of focusing on you. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what happened. Yes. Yes. Not coincidentally, another dating disaster that everybody's dealt with. But I don't want to move on from misrepresenting oneself yet. 
Okay. okay. So here's the thing. And I agree with you 1000%, Emily. If you just put pictures of yourself the way you really look, I mean, they can be your best pictures. Why yes, not? Right. Why not? Best foot forward. Yeah. But they have to actually be you, not 20 years ago, not 100 pounds ago. So when you show up and you're not that person, you can expect basically disgust from this person you were supposed to be allegedly on a date with and or real honest to goodness awkwardness because they're being Mr. Nice Guy or Ms. Nice Girl about it, right? When really they just like to get out of there. Well, yes. And if you're the person who showed up being honest and true and the person who showed up wasn't, how awful because you know you've been lied to. Right. And it's not like the person doesn't deserve your ire at that point because after all, they lied. So... (laughs) I remember one time I went out on a date with a woman who said she was 38, like I was. And I show up and she's not younger than 60. Oh. And she is what we Texans call ridden hard and put away wet. Okay. How old was she? Oh, she had to have been 60. Oh. It was so bad. And I promise I'm not making this up. She excused herself to the ladies' room and the waiter came back to me and said, Hey, would your mom like a refill of her iced tea? How did he even assume she was my mom? Maybe he was just poking fun at me, right? But when the date was over, and here's another thing that I think everybody's really experienced. She was under the impression it went really well. That's because you didn't walk away. Right, right, right. I was just being nice, and I got through the dinner. If I remember correctly, I made it an early dinner, so if it didn't go well, I could still go out and do something else social later, right? And indeed, it was like 6.45, and I'm walking her out to her car, and she wants to be kissed. And I didn't. And I finally just said, hey, you know, I don't think there's going to be a second date. And here's where it got really weird. And man, I know I'm just piling up the stories in one specific example here, but I'm sure a lot of women especially, probably more so than men, have experienced what I'm about to say. She was livid, and she was ruthless when she got home and got on her email. She basically said, you know, you're probably some pansy boy and you're gay and you don't like women at all. And I had to block her. And it was really awkward. See, simply because I was friendly. I was cordial. I didn't make any sexual advances. I didn't tell her there was going to be a second date. But man, she turned out to be like psychotic about all this. So she didn't only misrepresent herself. She got angry when I wasn't buying. Crazy, right? That is. That kind of reminds me where... I had one date where it didn't go well, or, you know, it didn't end well, I guess, because we didn't continue dating, obviously. And he blew up my phone. And he was, one message was, oh, I love you. You know, he's so sweet and kind. And the next message was just angry and just full of venom. And then it was nice again. And then it was mean again. And it was scary. You know, one of the things we should probably say on this episode is first impressions can be very misleading because everybody, a lot of people at least, most people I would say, know how to act up front. And then the true colors start coming out only after you've had some experience with them. And hopefully you can dodge those bullets sooner than later, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had other weird things happen. Uh, you brought this up and I added it to my notes because you remembered it <laughs> I before exactly I did. exactly what you're going to say. Yes. <laughs> I had gone on a few dates with a woman and decided maybe let's not continue this. And this was another case where she thought it was going better than I did. And she played the pregnancy card. 
She goes, well, I'm pregnant with your baby. And now what are we going to do? Like she wanted to make sure she shoehorned her way into my life so I couldn't kick her out. There was only one extenuating circumstance that made that really weird and sort of psychotic, Emily, right? Yes. You never had sex with her. I never had sex with her. This would have been like some virgin birth thing, which guess what? I'm not capable of fomenting personally. She and I did not have sex. I did not have sex with that woman. And she said she was <laughs> pregnant anyway. And I'm like, oh, boy. And, you know, she that was really you were God. Uh, well, like I said, I do not have the kind of superpowers that could cause such a virgin birth to happen. Right? Yeah, definitely. That was really crazy. Another thing comes to mind immediately, having talked about that, are completely inappropriate demonstrations of or impatience about sexuality up front. And I think typically men don't have as many of these stories as women tend to do, like guys getting really handsy and pushy and, hey, I bought you dinner. You need to go home with me and have sex, which is really always awkward. But I remember one time I was not feeling well. I had like the flu or something. And I started emailing with a woman in the morning and she said, you know, I move quickly on these online dating sites because I have a lot of guys contacting me. So, you know, we need to meet as soon as possible. I'm like, well, I'm kind of really feeling under the weather today. So maybe when I get done, no, why don't you meet me for a drink after work? I said, well, you know, I'd really rather meet you under the best circumstances. She goes, nonsense. I can look past that. Let's meet after work. So I met her after work. And then we're out in the parking lot, and she basically attacked me and wanted me to make out with her. I'm like, are you crazy? I've got, like, the flu. And she says, I don't even care. I said, well, I care on your behalf, so not here, not now. And she thought that was weird. Crazy, right? Yeah. Either that or she just likes uh, some kinky, fun sex in the middle of a parking lot. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> notwithstanding that, I'm telling her straight up, I am going to give you the flu if we do this. Why would you want that? Why would you be so impatient, right? You just made her horny. I guess so, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're having that effect on each other even now. Yeah, I, I had a sneaking suspicion, as strange as this topic is, we would make each other horny talking about it. Mm. Yeah. Then again, every podcast tends to go like that, that we do together. Yeah, I like you. Yeah, I like you too. All right, so back to the topic before we make everybody vomit out there, right? Okay, so what if you are doing the opposite? Like you've gone out on several dates and you're just not making a move and you're not flirting and you're too nice because you don't want to come off uh, like anything less than a gentleman. How many times do women in particular see guys do that and just think, well, he's just not interested? Uh, well, I've had that experience and it was so frustrating. I remember I went to his apartment. He made dinner. Um, fortunately, it was dinner that was prepared by his mom because she makes dinners in advance and puts them in his freezer. Then we sat down on the couch to watch a movie. And I think it was late, like midnight or something when we were done. Walks me to my car. And the whole time, I'm like, when is this guy going to make his move? When he's going to put his arm around me? When is he at the, you know, I was hoping for a kiss, but at least put his arm around me, something. And it just never happened. Then we finally get to the car, and I think he was going to try for a kiss, but by then it was awkward. It's like the point of no return. Yeah, like you got to feel rejected at that point. I've heard stories from guys I coach over the years 
where they had the woman over for Netflix and chill, and they wanted to behave like a gentleman. And when the woman left at the end of the evening, she was upset, slammed the door, don't call me anymore. And he was like, well, my goodness, I was on my best behavior. What happened here? And I have to kind of gingerly tell them exactly the tale you just told me. Like, this is how she felt. And they were like, no, that's impossible. And it's so real. It's It happens. I mean, it's happened more than once. And guys are afraid to... They're afraid of rejection. If I put my arm around her, maybe she wasn't intending to make this romantic. But if we're there in the living room by ourselves in the middle of the night, I don't think we were there just to be friends. We have girlfriends to do that with. If we're there by ourselves with a male person, you know, it's just you and me. We want something to happen, if nothing other than just a kiss even. Yeah, right. I think a lot of guys really do have a hard time navigating that, especially in the post-Me Too era. It's like, hey, this is a heterosexual woman. I'm a heterosexual guy. Uh, We couldn't possibly be getting horny for each other or anything. That's my toxic problem as a man that I'm you know, getting a hard on thinking about this woman. That's just – it's crazy talk vis-a-vis how men and women are really supposed to be together. I had one guy finally get this message through his noggin in no uncertain terms. He was out with a woman, you know, second, third date, and he squared up to kiss her. She squared up to kiss him, and he didn't do anything. And he was turning around kind of to keep walking on their romantic walk or whatever. And the woman, he said she was like five foot nothing with a cute little voice. Sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This wasn't me, by the way. This is not apocryphal. This was a guy I actually talked to. She physically took his shoulder as he was turning, pushed him back so he was squared in front of her, and looked him in the eye and said, oh, man up, you pussy. And did he kiss her? Well, he finally got the message. Oh, good. And kissed her. And then she was like, oh, much better. But it should never have to come to that. You know, and for the guys who are afraid to to make that first move, uh, girls will tell you if they're not feeling romantic. You know, read the room. For example, I had, and I've mentioned this before, but it, you know, it, the situation bears talking about it. So I had where we went to Wendy's, not a romantic place. It was, you know, our schedules were kind of jumbled between his and mine. And so this was the best we could do as far as meeting up, just to meet. You know, I just wanted to see how it went and see if we get along. Very basic, very simple, and then see if there would be a possible second date. And, you know, it seemed like it went well. We had, I had my baked potato and he had whatever he ate. And we go to the car because, well, that went pretty fast. Then he wanted a kiss. I'm like, well, it didn't feel like the time to kiss. You know, I wasn't feeling it just yet. But I was ready for a second date. But he would not stop. He had to have that kiss. And I told him. I warned him. I said, look, don't be pushy or you're going to blow it. And he just couldn't stop himself. There was no second date. That happens a lot. You know, I pe- blocked him. I don't blame you. Right. You know... <laughs> It's funny, I uh, thought of another situation where someone was telling me a war story from dates, and you know, we've already alluded to this. Probably it's at a meta level a bad idea on first dates to talk about the war stories about all your other bad first dates because, you know, it's going to reflect as a bad first date in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. That you're talking about all this negativity. This woman said that she sat down with a guy for dinner. And no matter what she said, she was wrong, and he played one-upmanship. Well, that's nothing. You're completely wrong about that. Uh, Here's what is really true, and you're just being stupid. And it didn't matter what they were talking about. She was like, 
I could say it's raining outside. He would have argued with me and said, you're wrong and you're stupid. And about 10 minutes into the date, she threw her fork in the plate and said, I'm out of here. And she just got up and left. Well, I remember you telling me that story. He didn't realize that she actually had a particular job and she knew what she does for a living. Right. And he's arguing with her that whatever it is that she works with doesn't exist. Right. Exactly. As if he knew more about what she does for a living than she did. Yeah, that's exactly what the circumstance was. That was the context. Crazy. I heard you say a little bit ago that this guy had all the food prepared by his mommy <laughs> yes. in his refrigerator. Well, I know one of your soapboxes is mama's boys on first dates who show up and start talking about their mommy. Oh my gosh, that's a huge soapbox. Because a guy who is a mommy's boy will never be a man for a woman. That's just plain and simple. Mommy has done all the work for him, and he needs someone else to pick up the load for him when, when he's moved on from mom to the woman in his life. Yeah, you know, guys, just don't talk about your mama on first dates. And if you still live at home with mommy, you need to move out before you understand the difference between interacting with women who could be a sexual partner for you versus interacting with women who are in charge of you and making the rules. That's the lesson you learn when you move out from your mommy and daddy. And a man who can take charge and take lead and run his life, that's hot. Well, it is hot. But what isn't hot is when you say you're single, never married, and have no kids, and you show up in a Dodge minivan for the date. Ooh. And, and of course, what goes along with that is you can't talk at night. You can't talk at night. Uh, we can't go over to my place. Yeah, all these things that signal someone is lying about their status, right? Exactly. They can make all kinds of excuses. But the reality is when these particular puzzle pieces come together, it does without question mean he's in a serious relationship with somebody else, or at least the somebody else thinks they're in a serious relationship. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. It just came to mind you know, for the first time in like years. I was only flat out, straight up, stood up for one date ever. Oh, I and didn't hear about this. She didn't respond to texts. She didn't respond to phone calls. And I heard from her the next morning. And this is a paraphrase, but it's pretty close. She goes, yeah, sorry about last night. My husband caught me going out on the date with you. So we're not going to be able to do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the one I've heard is, well, we can't go to my house because I'm still married. We're in the middle of getting divorced. Um, I have my life. She has hers. But, you know, I can't bring my girlfriends over. I'm thinking... How about we remedy that first and then call me later? Well, yeah. And, you know, far be it from me to scoff at that situation because I've been that guy. I mean, I was dating someone. You know, we were getting along. It wasn't like we were headed down the relationship path or anything. But my ex-wife one day turned up at my door and claimed eminent domain, said, I live with you again now. So I called this poor woman up and I said, I can't expect you to believe the story I'm about to tell you, so I'm just going to save you the trouble, and I'm going to break things off, because it's just too preposterous. And she thanked me for the honesty, but then she said to me right afterwards, you know, you've been so honest that I actually believe your story. So, yeah, you know what? As long as she's there, we're definitely on hiatus, but if she ever kind of leaves, let's pick it up. And I thought that was very sweet of her, and actually it turned out happening. But, yeah, I mean... Not only can someone who is in front of you on a date with you be the one causing the problems, you can have this third party in the background throwing a wrench in your dating life, can't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, that reminds me, I wonder how many other people experienced that very similar situation. 
I mean, I had that happen at least another couple more times where in one particular case, I actually, both of them, they were very honest. The guy sat me down, both of them, sat me down and said, look, uh, my baby mama is having a hard time. She can't live on her own, so she's going to need help. She's going to be moving in for a little while. Uh, I just wanted to be upfront with you. It's, we're not together. We're not, we're not dating. We're not, you know, a couple, but she's going to be in my house. And I really genuinely appreciated that. And I said, well, and I told him that, but I said, I tell you what, once this situation's been remedied, I don't want to complicate it for you guys. Call me when it's done. And same thing with the other one where he was in a very messy divorce situation. And uh, she was very jealous and was upset about him dating other women until they were. So I said, when that's done, you know, maybe we can see each other afterwards, but not not while all this is going on. Yeah, for sure. And not to be overlooked, you can have people show up crazy on first or second dates, too. It doesn't necessarily take a long time for the true colors to come out, does it? No. You know, it's funny because those little signs are there. And it's so easy to ignore it because we make all kinds of excuses. I mean, stuff like, I remember one of the dates I had, the guy was talking about how he knows how to have outer body experiences where he can, you know, lay down in bed and cause himself to come out of his body and he can go to the corner of the room and look at himself. So things like that. Those were cues that something was off. Or even if he is capable of that, it's probably not first date conversation because the person across the table from you is going to think you're a maniac. Right. Well, right. another one thought he could he could foretell the future and have deja vu and stuff. In his particular case, he really believed he had these special powers. Turns out he was having a mental illness. Well, yeah, and that happens enough, especially in our own history that we're always vigilant about telling people about that and warning them. But that, you know, is a little bit of a cognitive bias on our part, admittedly. But, you know, even when I was dating after having been divorced from a woman who was schizophrenic, I kept attracting women who had very interesting thoughts, uh, statements, and even actions on first dates. One woman opened up a vial of medicine and proceeded to not pour out pills, but all the kidney stones she had passed over the last year, bragging about it. That was probably non-standard, but a lot of people just don't know first date etiquette, or maybe they overestimate how comfortable you already feel with them. Maybe. So they can show things like that to you. But I'll tell you what, I had another first date where the woman was very sweet. You know, she was a Christian churchgoer, and she was talking to me about how she used to practice witchcraft, and she could just kind of point her fingers at things and move them across the room using telekinesis and throwing spells at things. And I mean, okay, I'm sure you had an altar call, come to Jesus experience. But you know, I just, based on everything I've been through in my life, I'm having a hard time trusting that you're sane at this point. How about that? Right. But you know, somebody who feels and believes in those things, the two of them get together and there's magic. Not literally, but <laughs> maybe literally. <laughs> wow. Me too. I can move things with my finger. You know, you're my honey. Kind of like we both realized we had schizophrenic exes and we were perfect wow. for each other. Yeah, yeah, you're my guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, another thing that happens on first dates is especially men, but it can happen. Women can do this too. Just start bringing up dark topics. Yeah, like how about that mass murderer who killed 20 people the other day? Wasn't that crazy? Or they talk about things that aren't going to lead anywhere positive on a first date, just dark topics like death, dying, 
pain, et cetera. What is up with that? But people do it all the time. Well, how we talk is usually how we feel most of the time. So if we're talking about negative things constantly, our thoughts are negative all the time, and that's not healthy. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right about that. Another thing that comes to mind in terms of first date weirdness that I'm sure we're not the only ones who've ever experienced it is third parties being directly involved in the first date. This can be either objective or subjective, can it? I mean, the subjective version would be, for example, a woman showed up for the first date and she said, finally, you know, it seems like we're getting along, so I have to be upfront and honest with you about something. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, okay, here we go. I'm not sure whether I'm single or not. And I'm thinking, I want to hear the rest of this story. So she tells it. Her husband was involved with a cartel and was running drugs between here and New York City and one day he just disappeared. He's gone. So the court is still in the process of waiting out whether he's ever going to show up again or not before granting her, well, singlehood, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I want to be part of the waiting around process for this guy to show back up. Especially, just saying. Especially you know. with what all he's tied to. Right. You know it. Exactly. Right. But that was really strange. Women in particular can bring along guests like, oh, I just brought my sister or my BFF on this first date. And to me, Emily, that just shows she probably was in it for whatever you're going to pay for, not anticipating anything romantic to happen, or she just is extra fastidious about personal security or something. What do you think? Well, in my particular situation, it was security. And uh, I don't know if the guy was aware of that, but hopefully he was and gave this poor young girl an extra chance. Now, I was the third party. You were the third party. I was the third party. She roped us into this. And I say us, there's me and another person. So there's two third parties. Oh, she wasn't completely honest with you about it. Well, she says, well, I have a date and I don't want to go by myself and we're going to go on a boat. Mind you, this is nighttime. On a boat, on a first date? Yes. I can't blame her. So we we go on the boat, and mind you, this other third party was entirely intoxicated. Uh, so and, and for good reason. So I'm not going to give you all the whole story. But so we go on the boat, and she's so intoxicated that she takes off her clothes. She wants to go skinny dipping. His date is trying to help her get you know get her wits about herself, and I think she was slightly intoxicated too. And so me and the guy just sat down and, and just start chatting and having a conversation while we waited out this whole scenario. So the other friend who was the security blanket is the one who got naked? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I bet you he... That was an interesting story for him to tell. I was like, yeah, I had a date. She brought her friends and they got naked. At least one of them did. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like good locker room conversation. But still, exactly the kind of thing we're talking about here, for sure. But he Uh, was a gentleman. He deserved a second date. Well, there you go. And did he get it from her? I do not know, because she was my friend's friend. Oh, I see. So you were the extra, extra insurance policy, weren't you? Something like that, Something like that. What about when your date leaves with someone else? Ouch. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, I've been that person. You've been the one the person left with? I was the one who left with someone else. Oh, you left with someone else other than the person who brought you? Yes. How did that go? It went great. Well, I mean, how did it happen? (laughs) Well, uh, great for you, not actually, so much the other guy. I was supposed to meet the date at this at this uh, dance bar. So while I'm waiting for him, I'm you know he's late, and you know of course he wasn't a great choice anyway. He had a lot of flaws. 
And so I'm waiting and I meet up with these other guys and we're playing pool and I got a little too drunk and they were really sweet. But I didn't want to go with my date because I didn't feel safe with them to begin with. And so uh, I left with the other guy, which ended up being a great, you know, went with several dates with him and it went great. But the first guy was a little bit, he had signs of uh, violent tendencies and stuff. So he oh, wasn't, wow. he was a bad choice. So I, I bailed. So you left with your knight in shining armor. I did. Well, there you go. Oh, he was wonderful. Just just a pure gentleman. Fantastic. As opposed to being Mr. Nice Guy. Correct. Yes. I also have heard stories, and I think I've even seen this play out on comedic television shows as comedic irony, where you meet someone you've met online, and you see them, and you talk to them, and they're actually not the person you were supposed to meet. They were actually waiting for someone else, and you were waiting for someone else, but you thought you were each other's date, and you get along fine. Then all of a sudden, the person who you were really supposed to meet shows up. That's happened before. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's what do you do? That's like love made to happen. Yeah, right. But what if you're actually getting along better with this person you met by mistake than the person you were really going to meet? Or what if when the person you were actually supposed to meet shows up and you like them better, it leaves a pretty tough decision-making process ahead of you, doesn't it? It does. And I would say the sooner you make that decision, the better. Yeah. I mean, I think you just be honest about it. My goodness, look what's going on here, right? Well, Uh, it's better than ending up with someone you're not supposed to end up with for lifelong, for years and years, when you should have been with someone else. Well, I don't even know if I'm thinking that far ahead. I'm just thinking in that five minutes span where you've got to decide who am I going to go out with here? I mean, what do you do? Introduce the two women to each other and say, oh my goodness, there's been this terrible mix up. Or do you make a decision on the spot or what? I think it's a case by case basis. I'd say go with your intuition. Yeah, right. And just be honest with the other person. Then there's ye old situation that you've already kind of alluded to, but we didn't talk about this particular aspect of it. Uh, when someone just gets really drunk on a date and they start acting differently. I had a woman I went out with one time who, I mean, she turned into a drunken sailor cursing and being kind of really rough around the edges compared to the persona she presented early on. And all the guys were around me going, man, your girlfriend's amazing. She's awesome. And I'm thinking like, yeah, my girlfriend is really humiliating me right now. And she's not even my girlfriend. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen where someone just, you know, went into an alcohol-fueled personality disorder or something? I have not. I really don't have a lot of experience with alcoholism or people who drink a lot. I have the first time been introduced to that was a guy came over to my house. And mind you, I had a beautiful stash of alcohol that I've collected over the years because, well, I never touch it. (laughs) So I think he drank half my my stash of alcohol and I didn't really realize it. And when he left, I'm like, oh my goodness, how can a person drink that much alcohol? And that was my introduction to this is why you can't have alcohol in a house. Yeah, well, that's a red flag. An alcoholic because they have to drink it all. Yeah, well, you know, you're talking about something that's subtly different but related, which is this person just is a fish. I've been out with women who really just drank a lot on the first date, and I was like, this is amazing. And in some of those cases, it wasn't what I alluded to before where their personality changed. The scary part was they didn't change. They still acted completely sober after, in one situation, 220 ounces of alcohol. That's a red flag. I'd be on the floor. Yeah, that's 
a functional alcoholic, man. <laughs> One glass of wine and I'm done. Yeah. Two glasses, I'm toast. You know, I have I have something else that I don't know why it comes to mind. I think it's someone kind of playing the switcheroo on you, but it's not alcohol related. Women will come out with you for a date uh, after work for just a drink, and then they'll go, I'm hungry. And then they'll demand or strongly suggest be taken to dinner and it's not in an expensive place. And at the end of the dinner, she's like, oh, I don't have my purse. You'll cover this, right? Oh, I've had people do this to me and it wasn't even a date. You had guys do it to you. Oh, I had a guy at a bar one time. He's like, I'll be right back. Um, he, he placed his order with the bartender. He went to the bathroom, comes back, he drinks. He leaves. I didn't even realize he left. Bartender assumed he was with me and I ended up having to Pay the bill. Pay the bill. <laughs> he stuck that the tab with you. That sucks so bad. Oh, man. But, you know, sometimes bad things happen in a date and things still end up good. So here's the story, right? So this couple meets for the first time. And I believe it was an online date. So they meet and she parked and he forgot or something happened and they didn't have an overnight tag so that she could be there past whatever, nine o'clock. Her car gets towed. She comes out and they see the tow truck pulling out with her car. <laughs> on a first day at his apartment. Wow. So uh, she's but, there. And this is before there's Ubers. Right, right, right. This is some years ago. And there goes her car. So they hurry up and they chase down the the, the tow truck. And, of course, the, I guess the date must have gone well because they're married. He paid for the tow truck and got her car back for her. <laughs> but <laughs> that must have been a crazy first date. Yeah, not what you're expecting. No. Yeah, I've had flat tires on first dates. You know, if you do it right, it's sure a chance to man it. up. oh boy that's actually funny because i can imagine someone doing it but yeah it's a great chance to man up and be a provider and a protector in that moment right that's right yeah i think that's a good place to end this conversation because we've talked about so many things people are probably well people's heads are spinning i'm sure at this point if you haven't been out on a date in a while hey don't let us deter you from going out and meeting people the vast, vast majority of people out there are very sweet, very kind, want to get along, and they'll probably like you and you'll like them. But I just think it's kind of fun sometimes to share all these stories. Again, with the goal that, hey, if you've ever experienced anything like this out there listening, you're not alone. And if you haven't experienced anything that was weird, unique, or odd, you haven't dated enough. And you've gotten off easy so far. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Get out there and date. Have fun. You know, enjoy <laughs> it. Enjoy it. Roll with the punches. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have not visited our websites lately, what you can do is go to scottandemily.com front slash podcast if you're listening to the X and Y on the fly feed. And if you're listening to the Mountaintop feed, you're probably a guy. Go to mountaintoppodcast.com. Whether you're a lady or a gentleman, hey, you know what? You can get on the phone, talk to us, either Emily or I or both of us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get on the phone with you. You can schedule your time with us at either scottandemily.com front slash podcast or mountaintoppodcast.com. You never know. We might change your world. Yeah, you might change our world. We'd love to talk to you. And until we talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network.
be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.